Drinking my tea, yeah, yeah. Dark skirt, shining on our face today. Growing in glory, teaching every way. Here, morning rays with grace. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Morning Rays of Grace. Now, as you see on the title, we are going to be discussing how it takes a piece to make a whole. And I am not talking about P-I-E-C-E, but P-E-A-C-E. Yes, the God of peace himself makes us whole according to 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And we are going to dig into this scripture. But first, have you ever had God give you a word or a scripture at the top of the year? Now, I usually didn't. However, he would speak to me throughout different seasons and areas of my life. However, he's been giving me words and scriptures at the top of the year that allows me to hold on to to that word while he is doing a work in me. And so the scripture that he gave me at the top of this year was 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And it reads, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that scripture, y'all, is so jam-packed. Come on, God of peace himself. So I want to discuss or talk about peace, what that means. What what does peace actually mean? So I looked it up in the Greek and in the Hebrew, but in Greek, in this specific scripture, there are a couple definitions. One is a state of national tranquility. The next one is exemption from rage and havoc of war. Now, who doesn't want that? Everyone does. Peace between individuals, harmony and concord, but also peace with God. It means security, safety, prosperity, felicity. It means uh, salvation, the Messiah's peace, the way that leads to peace, which is salvation. One of my favorite definitions of this word is of Christianity, the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. Now, how many of us can say that we are content with our earthly lot, whatever sort that is? Not many of us. And it took me a while to get to this place. And there are still some times when I'm second guessing, like, God, what is going on? Why do I have to go through this? What is, why God questioning and having these thoughts running in and out of my head? That is not the peace of God. When we have the peace of God, we are content with where he has us. We are content with our earthly lot, our portion, and we continue to fight, of course, for what's ours, but God is the God of peace that fights for us. Um, so the definition for this word in Hebrew, of course, we know Jehovah Shalom, right? We know who that is. He is the God of peace. Now, in Hebrew, it means completeness and soundness, welfare. Again, we get that word safety, soundness, health, prosperity, peace, quiet, tranquility, contentment, 
peace and friendships, human relationships. Again, it has all of the same qualities and it is just such a beautiful thing to literally have tranquility, like national tranquility. And that word doesn't necessarily always mean with our nations like around us or with the people around us. Literally, the Bible says that you are a generation, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and a holy nation. Literally, you are a nation. God told Rebecca when she was pregnant with Jacob and Esau, like you have two nations in your womb. There are two nations in your womb. Excuse me, Lord, two nations. There are only two humans in there, two people. How are these nations? You are a tranquil nation, a nation of tranquility. Come on, come on. Peace. So as I was studying the scripture, I went through some commentaries to see what some of the commentaries had to say. And there are two of them that stuck out to me that I want to read. The first one is Ellicott commentary that reads, because of the peace which his sanctification brings into the soul so that it fears neither temptation's power nor persecutions rage. Literally, his peace brings sanctification into our soul. The God of peace himself was sanctified. Now, it also says that it fears neither temptations, power, nor persecutions rage. Come on. We know that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So we don't have to fear temptations, power, and persecutions rage. Did you know that temptation is powerful? Because if it wasn't, we wouldn't sin. We wouldn't fall for the temptations. We wouldn't sin or even think about sinning. Like we would have control over our flesh, you know, but we can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot, as human beings, have control over our flesh. That's why God, um, Jesus died on the cross for us so that he defeated sin. But now we have power over the temptation. We have power over temptation's power. Literally, we do not have to be subject to that. And we don't have to fear temptation when it comes our way. And that's also why God gives us community so that we can call our brothers and sisters like, hey, I'm being tempted. I'm feeling weak right now. Help me out. Talk me, talk me out of this. Like, come on, Holy Spirit. So sometimes not only do we need to go and pray, but sometimes we need to go to our communities and be vocal and vulnerable with them. And another part is it says, neither persecutions rage. Like people are really out here mad that you're a Christian. Can we keep it honest? (laughs) Like people get mad at you for being the light of the world. A city set on a hill. Literally, they tried to, well, they did kill Jesus. They, they killed Jesus. They persecuted him. They put so many of the disciples in prison. Like persecution is still going on this day, but you don't have to fear the rage of persecution. And we know that those people are mad. They're rageful. Like the Bible tells us not to sin in our anger, but there are some people, of course, the ones that are in the world, they're going to sin. They're going to come after us. They are going to just make sure that we are 
living in hell, pretty much. The next commentary is from Benson, and it says, May he carry on and complete the work of purification and renovation begun in your regeneration, redeeming you from all iniquity. All iniquity. Not some, not a partial, but all iniquity. And this is so good. Like he is finishing the good work that he started within us to purify us and renovate us. I remember years ago when I was in prayer God gave me a vision of a skyscraper and it was beat up, y'all. That thing was not skyscraping, okay? And he said to me, I am rebuilding you. And I'm just like, ain't no way. You, What is this, though? What, what is this? You're rebuilding me. But it, it, I, I, it, at that time, I did not understand what he was talking about. But now I, I get it. Like, I thought that was just looking at it. I'm like, I'm broken. I'm this. I'm that. I'm like, no, no, I'm rebuilding you. I am making you whole. I am redeeming you. I am restoring you. I am purifying you literally like a building. He is renovating us. We are his temple. The Bible says that we are his temple. And he is rebuilding his temple, not just me, but all of us. He is rebuilding us and making us blameless for when he comes back, we will be perfect in his sight and free from all iniquities. Again, not just some, like all iniquities. So I love this commentary that Benson had because it goes perfectly with the scripture. So another thing that I was thinking as I was reading the scripture is, why the God of peace? Like, who is this God of peace? Like the scripture said, who is the king of glory? The Lord God strong and mighty. Who is this king of glory? The Lord God mighty in battle. Okay. Who is this king of glory? Who is this God of peace? So I went on a little treasure hunt. Okay. I'm going to show you the treasure that I discovered when I went on this treasure hunt. So I went and looked at all of the scripture that talks about the God of peace. And what I discover is that first, he will be with us. He will always be with us. Romans 15, 33 reads, Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. God of peace, he always with us. And not only is he with us, but he will be with us as we become complete, be of one mind, and live in peace and be of good comfort. Okay, those are our roles, y'all. That is our identity. First, that's nope. Second Corinthians 13 and 11. It reads, finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. There's that word again, become complete. It says, be of good comfort. Be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Again, he will be with us as we become complete, as we be good comfort. Another thing is, and this is probably my favorite one, he crushes Satan under our feet. The God of peace does that. Peace. Wait a minute. The God of peace? Shouldn't that be the God of war? 
<laughs> this is God of peace. Let's read Romans 16 and 20. And it reads, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. And that was our promise from the beginning. Like literally God gave Eve a curse, uh, a promise within a curse that her seed will strike his head and the enemy will strike his heel. Satan is defeated. The God of peace does that not only around us, but within us. Satan is defeated so that we can have sanctification, purification, holiness, be set apart, be holy unto God, unto the Lord. So the God of peace also brought Jesus from the dead. Okay, let's read Hebrews 13 and 20. It says that now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep. Thank you, Lord. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete. There's that word again. Make you complete in every good work to do his will, his will, not our will, not a mama will, not a sister will, nobody will, but the Lord working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That thing's so jam-packed. There's a lot in there, but he raised Jesus from the dead. The God of peace raised him from the dead so that we may be complete again. This is for our good, his glory. He will give us peace in every way and be with us. Let's read 2 Thessalonians 3.16. It reads, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. What is the common denominator? He is going to be with us all the time. He is going to be with us. The God of peace is with you. If you don't get nothing else, the God of peace is with you. Like peace is yours. I remember my neighbor, I was confiding in her and telling her my heart about my past. I was just going through some stuff. And she said, Angelica, you know that peace is for the taking, right? It's yours. It is already yours. And I literally went home received the word from God and I had to repent because the God of peace is always with us. Peace is always available to us. The The thing is we have to take it. We have to understand it. We have to see him being with us at all times. Now, I'm sorry to bust your bubble, but there is a group of people that the God of peace is not with. Okay, you see the common thread of the God of peace being with us, but there is a group of people he ain't with, and that is the wicked. Isaiah 57, 21 reads, there is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. There is no peace for the wicked, and that is why the God of peace is sanctifying us and making us whole so we won't be wicked anymore. So we won't 
wreak havoc. Because who are the wicked? The wicked, those that go against God. That's who that is. So it says that this God of peace will sanctify us. What does sanctify mean? It means to render, acknowledge, or to be vulnerable or hollow. It means to separate from profane things and to dedicate to God. Separate from profane things and dedicate to God. Consecrate things to God. To dedicate people to God, this is what sanctification means, to purify, to clean externally, to purify by explanation, free from guilt of sin, to purify internally by renewing of the soul. Come on. Come on, internal renewing, internal purification of our souls. And that is exactly what God is doing. And he is not doing it, doing it in just one area. He is doing it completely, wholly. That word actually means perfect, complete in all respects. In all respects, not just partial. Another definition of this word that I love is complete to the end and absolutely perfect. Come on. He is making us absolutely perfect. Do you know what that looks like? Do you know what that means? Just think of back to the building scenario. Like, when construction workers are building a building, they don't want it things falling apart here and there. They think it's going to be absolutely perfect and it's not right. They're going to go back and fix it. Think of a painter. The word says that we are God's masterpiece. He is crafting us. He is building us. Like if a painter is doing unfinished work, like there that is not complete. And I'm convicted of not completing things, not completing assignments, but that's not God. God does not leave anything undone. He finishes what he started complete to the end. He is going to do it to the end. And that is encouragement for us to complete tasks that we started, to complete things that he has given us to do. Yes, there are going to be rainy days on the construction site. Yes, we're going to run out of paint sometimes and we're going to have to uh, take a time out and go to the store and pick up some more paint. There are going to be distractions and detours, but we have to finish. We got to finish. And I'm talking to myself here. Okay. Talk to myself. But I just love that. I love that God is sanctifying us completely in every single aspect. And then it says in our whole spirit, soul, and body. Come on. He's not going to leave any part out. From the inside all the way to the outside, he cares about every single detail. He cares about every single part of us. That word whole means, again, complete in all its parts. In no part wanting or unsound. Complete. Again, whole of a body without blemish or defect, whether of a person or of a victim, free from sin, faultless. Guys, he is perfecting us in every single part. 
but we have to give it to him. Now, what does this word blameless mean? Hmm. Blameless means blameless so that there is no cause for censure. Censure means to express severe disapproval of something or someone. God is testing us so that we may be approved by him. We do not want to be caught in blame of any severe disapproval. Like God is approving us. We're already approved. And that's the thing we have to understand. We are already approved. We're just going through the sanctification process. It says that God is alpha and omega beginning and the end. So he knows everything from the beginning and he already knows what's going to happen in the end. So in reality, everything is already done. Like his return is already done. It just isn't here on earth yet. (laughs) So your completeness, your sanctification process, your wholeness, it is already done. It just hasn't been fully completed yet. So that's the thing we have to understand so that we won't get so hard on ourselves so that we won't beat ourselves up. Like I can't get this right. I can't do this right. Like, no, no, God is doing it himself. It is not in our own strength. So we have to allow him to do it because it says the God of peace himself, not the God of peace and Angelica, not the God of peace and you, not the God of peace and your pastor, not the God of peace and your friends, literally the God of peace himself. That's it. (laughs) He's the only one that's doing that work. So we have to understand that. So in conclusion, we have some reflection questions. Number one. Who is the God of peace to you personally? Make it personal. Who is this God of peace to you? And not to your friends, not to your mom, not to your dad. Who is he to you? And really be honest about that question. Number two, how is the God of peace making you whole, complete, and absolutely perfect? How is he doing that? What are some ways, some practical ways, some real ways, some vulnerable ways, some hard ways that he is making you perfect? Next is what areas of your spirit, soul, and body do you need to surrender to the God of peace so that he himself can sanctify you completely in those areas? And if you are struggling to discover that, ask God. He'll reveal it to you without a problem. Trust me. Once you surrender, he's ready to go. <laughs> he's just waiting on us to say, here, God, expose me. Show yourself. Show me who I really am and show yourself through me. So I pray that you sit with these questions, really think about them, really answer them, meditate on them, and be encouraged by this scripture. It is amazing. It is such a good scripture to know that I don't have to do this on my own, and God is always with me, and that he's going to do the work for himself. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today. Thank you for being the God of peace for us, Thank you for wanting to make us holy and make us more like you in your image. We are precious in your sight. We are your masterpiece. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. 
in a holy nation, Lord God. Help us to understand our identity and help us to understand who you are creating us to be, setting us apart from this world, God. This world is not our home. This world can't give us anything. This world can't give us this peace. God, this world can't push us into your presence. This world has nothing to offer us. Help us go from glory to glory with every yes of surrenderance, every obedient, every act of obedience. God, so we thank you. We honor you. We love you. Help us to love you deeper, deeper than this world, deeper than our sins, deeper than any sins that they don't belong to us. We are holy. We are righteous. We are made in your image. We are absolutely perfect. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. See y'all next week. Bloopers. The Bible tells us not to, not to, I'm drawing a blank, not to sin in our anger. Okay, Thunder. I literally skipped the whole question.